I'm excited as hell to be a Dallas Cowboy. Who was the toughest guy to tackle? Ezekiel Elliott. Feed Elliott. What's up, Cowboy Nation? Let's get it! Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Back Row Cowboy Show, a proud part of the Back Row Sports Network. What's up, Cowboy Nation? It's your host, Adam, and across from me, as always, my co-host, Seth. What's up, guys? And on today's episode, we're going to continue our positional um, group breakdown series. Today, we're going to be discussing the offensive line and Personally, I think this is the one group that was a massive disappointment last year with all the hype that, that we had going into the season, all those all-pro players. And, and two years ago when you mentioned the Dallas Cowboys, the offensive line was always one of the things that was talked about as one of the elite groups on the team. And to see the expectation to the beginning of the year – to, to what the performance was on the field for most of the year, it's a disappointment in my opinion. Well, yeah, I mean, at the beginning of the year, you know, we was talking about Tyron Smith coming back. You know, he was already injured in training camp, and he was coming back. Lil Collins was coming back. Uh, of course, Zach Martin was still healthy. Uh, and then, we, you know, the only question marks you really had was Looney at center. And then Connor Williams at guard, which but, was but really he, our biggest. But even to begin the offseason, Travis Fredericks was our center. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, at the beginning of the offseason. But uh, coming into training camp, I mean, our biggest questions was Looney and Connor Williams. We didn't really discuss the other ones that much because we knew they were going to be there. And it turned out that we were wrong. Smith was not there. Collins was not there. And Zach Martin missed a few games. So, and – Look, Connor Williams was the only one that started, what, all year? Yeah, and so. we talked about him in the offseason as someone that could potentially be pushed or replaced. And he was probably our first or second best offensive line men all off, you know, all yeah. season. Yeah, that's uh, that was a bit of a shocker for sure. So I'm glad we're past that, and hopefully things will be different this year. Well, before we get into the breakdown, um, free agency started uh, – window to re-sign your own players, the quote-unquote, the tampering period where, where you can discuss deals with your own players before they hit free agency. That That's all started. And, of course, uh, today, with today being the 18th, free agency started yesterday, uh, full-fledged NFL free agency. So so moves are coming hot and heavy. And, and Seth, before we get into this positional group, breakdown i really wanted to to discuss the moves that have been made the last week we're not going to go into each one in depth the way we're going to handle this is if a player signs a deal 
and they're part of a position group that we haven't covered. We're just going to give you the name, the deal, and that's it. If it's a player that is part of a group that we have already covered, we'll, we'll give you some brief discussion on the player and at least what kind of impact do you think we think that they'll have in that group this year. Seth, why don't we go ahead and let's let's start knocking them down. When we get to players where we need to add that additional um, discussion, we'll talk that and then go on to the next player. All right, well, we'll start with number one on the list, Jordan Lewis. He just signed the contract. A three-year, $16.5 million. And <clears throat> we'll be talking about him in a couple weeks, whether unless something big happens before, and maybe we I'll switch it up and just talk corners next week or whatever. Um, number two and number three is two guys that we will be talking about because we've already done wide receivers. Uh, Noah Brown and uh, – well, Noah Brown, he signed a one-year deal. And Cedric Wilson was uh, – he was tendered, so unless somebody makes an offer or anything like that, then he's back with us for another year. So <clears throat> let's start with Noah Brown. Uh, Noah Brown's, to me, his biggest thing since he's been playing for the Cowboys is injuries. He's Every year he's seemed to be injured. Uh, but he's a, he's a damn good blocker. He's a really good blocker. And I think that's one of the main reasons that they keep him around, really. Because, I mean, as far as being productive on the field, he's kind of one of those hit-or-miss guys. He might hit this week, and a few weeks later he'll hit again or something like that. But, uh, I, to, to be honest, I think his blocking ability is probably the reason why he's still on the team. Yeah, I um, when he signed this deal, you texted me and said, and we just quit. We just can't quit Noah Brown, can we? And I text you back, and I said, "Dude, best block, best run blocking wide receiver in the NFL." I was listening to a podcast. It may have been DHH, uh, their podcast, and the guy was talking about Noah Brown after he signed, and he said that in all of his years of evaluating NFL prospects as wide receivers, he's still the best rated run blocking wide receiver that he's ever seen. Well, I wish I wish he could do more in the passing game cuz you see him on the field you're like, okay, or somebody's running the ball. Well, he's one thing I like about him, he's a big receiver. Yes. He he adds yes. some size and I like that he's got some size on him and he's got he's got he's got some tools. I mean, he's he's also got some speed. He's got that nice size speed combination. He's probably the biggest wide receiver we have. Yeah, he's like 6'4". So, yeah. Um, CD comes in at like six one, six two. Gallops, Gallops six two, six so three. They're all around the same area, um, but Brown's he's he's. I think Brown a little bit Brown higher. is the tallest on yeah. the team. He brings speed, and another thing he brings is he the, the willingness to go across the middle. He will go across the middle, and sometimes you just need that to open up different levels of the offense. So. I like Noah Brown. I understand his best attribute is run blocking. He also does work on special teams. We've already said those top three guys aren't going to touch the field on special teams unless CeeDee Lamb's back as a punt returner. Yeah. Um, I like Cedric Wilson. Uh, yeah. We had a chance. We've got a chance to get him back on a super cheap deal. You saw the plays that he could make. Yes, inconsistently, 
but you saw the fact that he can make some plays when he's got the ball in space. And let's say we go four wide with whoever, Zeke or Jarwin or Schultz. He's not getting doubled. He's going to get one-on-one coverage. He's going to get one-on-one coverage no matter who's on the field. Um, so, all, and all it takes with him is one. All it takes is yeah. the ball, him to get a, a, a crease of space and the ball in his hands, and he can take it to the house in an instant. And, you know, I talked last week about instant offense um, from your depth guys at wide receiver, at running back. That's what Cedric Wilson can give you is yeah. some instant offense. Yep. That big play, quick hit, ab- quick hit ability that sometimes you just need in your offense. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I, I, you need that to kind of mix things up a little bit. And, um, you know, I, like I said a few minutes ago, you know, with Brown, I just wish that he was more consistent on the passing side of things because, like I said, it's, it makes him a little more uh, – or it makes us predictable, I guess, when he's on the field. Well, and the one thing about these players are – they were with the team last year. So they know the offense. They've got a rapport with Dak Prescott. The good and thing about it is that neither one of these wide receivers was McCarthy's guy. So that shows something, too. So that shows that, you know, maybe they're going to try to utilize them a little bit more next year. Well, another thing is they're not going to command a large target share. They're not going to go in expecting to be targeted because they've been on the team for a year since this offense has been implemented, since CeeDee Lamb arrived. You know, Amari's been there. Michael Gallup's been there. If you draft a wide receiver, he's probably going to be coming from a college where he's gotten a large target share, and you just don't know how they're going to react to becoming a depth guy. Yeah, These guys are going to come in. They're going to do their role – They've both been very good in the roles they've been given on the team. And what I'm hoping this signifies is we don't even sniff wide receiver in the draft. We just don't need to. With all, We've got holes in other places. So the, the re-signing of them, of them on the team means uh, I hope we take wide receiver, man, just throw it out. Like, I understand best player available. That's why we took CeeDee Lamb. I, I, I'm all on board with that pick now. I'm telling you, if we take a wide receiver at 10, I'm not going to be a – I don't care who it is, even if it's like a Jamar Chase. Yeah. And yeah, I it, love Jamar Chase. I, I, the only the only scenario I see us doing that is if we're trading Gallup somehow and getting something back for him. Uh, but I, I would hate to move regardless. I don't, I don't think trading Gallup and grabbing Chase is best for the team. Well, I mean, Chase, I don't, I don't think Chase is going to be there at 10, but I, I'm just saying. Or any of the top wide receivers yeah, for that, period. Yeah, for sure. I, I think if, if we take a wide receiver, I, I hope we take someone that's just known for their special teams prowess, someone that's a dynamic kick returner, punt returner. I talked about this at Will on um, at length on the last episode, so I'm not going to get too far into it. But if we take a wide receiver, I'm hoping we're taking them just for their return ability. Uh, because that that's the one thing I think that we still need on the offensive side of the ball from the skill positions. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, Seth, why don't you go ahead and um, finish off the transactions that the team has made this week? All right, well, they did another tender. 
uh, with Antoine Woods, and we'll be talking about him. I I, I really like this deal, uh, but we'll be talking about him next week when we talk about defensive linemen. Um, our fourth one on the list is Jake McQuaid. Is that how you say his name? The yes. long snapper from the Rams. Uh, oh man, I can never pronounce his name. Our our long snapper that just retired. He's he been forty five years old. So and hey, he's been with the team forever. Yeah, as far as I mean, as like, long as I can remember. And and I think he and he was man as good as as good as you get. Yeah, I, I can't remember, man. Every team has low snaps on field goals, and that happens once, twice a year. But there are teams where it happens a lot. To say that we've had the same long snapper for as long as we can remember just shows how good he was. And I understand that his name's not going to get said a lot, but if you're a long snapper in the NFL, you don't want people to know your name because if they do, then it's probably because you're getting cut. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Like it's like he's been on the team for so long, and I still can't pronounce his name. So it's he. You he's know, not a position that's talked about a lot. But like you just said, if he's not being talked about, he's doing his job. Exactly, and he was one of the best. So um, that's why we brought in Jack McQuaid or Jake McQuaid. Uh, they're kind of revamping this special teams, I guess, a little bit, and. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about him. I mean, he's a long snapper. Like we said, most of the time you don't know a whole lot about long snappers. But but the Rams, yeah. you know, kicking game was always solid. Yeah. With, and, and plus, who's our kicker now? Greg Zerline. Who did Greg Zerline kick for before he came to Dallas? Oh, the Rams. The yeah. Rams. So, I mean, there's a rapport just between the two of them, and I understand that they don't interact together. The long snapper snaps it to the – Holder, they put it down, and then the kicker kicks it. So I understand it's not like a quarterback center exchange, but the fact that they've had some time together, I don't know. I just, I'm hope you know. I hope it's going to be like the long. I hope it's going to be a position like we've had the last ten plus years. It's just not one that's talked about a lot because he comes in and does his job. Yeah, I agree with that. So uh, let's jump on to our next one. And this one's one I don't remember how to say. He's a, a lineman that played for the Buffalo. Ty Nesky. He's a, signed a one-year deal at $1.75 million. So this was obviously a depth ad, and we'll get to talk about him in a minute. Um, number six on the list is C.J. Goodwin. Two-year deal. Uh, corner re-signed with us. He's been with us for a couple of years. Uh, once again, this is another guy that we'll talk about in a couple weeks. Uh, number seven is we released our punter, Chris Jones, which me and Abo, I mean, we was just talking about it right before. He was not that good to begin with. Uh, time to revamp that whole the whole deal. Yeah, so, I think he um, – just, just real quick on him. It feels like to me he was never able to just flip field position for us. There there are times where you get pinned inside your 20 and you don't get the first down, and sometimes you just need to get that booming 50, 60-yard punt and try to pin them deep and, and flip the position. 
I just feel like we couldn't get those from him. I just feel like he didn't have the strongest leg in the league. It was average, below average. Well, uh, look at that. He might, <clears throat> he might be, not him, but that might be something that we might try to replace in the draft. Obvious late rounds, you know, or at undrafted free agents. Um, number eight is Carlos Watkins, a defensive lineman. And we'll be talking about – it was a one-year deal. And we'll be talking about him next week. He used to play for Houston. He started 11 games for them. They played 16 last year. Uh, and then number nine is Brent Urban, who's a defensive lineman as well. He's a <clears> – it was a one-year deal. So, that's another depth guy that we're obviously trying to add depth to the defensive line because we really do need it. So, And that's all the deals that we've had so far this week. Uh, now, I don't know what will happen while we're doing this show, so bear with us because I think last week we had some uh, reconstructions. Last, last week we reconstructed uh, contracts of three of our offensive linemen, Colin Smith. And that literally and came Martin. out. Literally came, came out, out while, while we were doing we were the recording. show. Yeah, so. that's correct. And a lot of that, that was just to get us under the cap. The, the DAG deal put us just over the cap. I think we went from being under the cap to – I think we were over like $1.2 million after the DAC deal. Um, those re, uh, those reconstructions opened up $17.5 million. Obviously, you have to have money to sign your draft class, and obviously we've made some moves in free agency. So, you know, that opened up $17.5 million, so that took us to just over $16 million available. And it's obvious with just what we've done in the last week, we've started moving some of that money around. Yeah, so – <clears throat> it's a little bit, you know, here and there. We ain't got no big name signings, but um, you know, for the last few years, the Cowboys have been really big about bargain players. So, you know, players like you know Robert Quinn. You know, he was a bargain player, and he paid off for us very well. Everson Griffin was another one that I really wanted, and obviously, it, it didn't I, work out for us. We did get some draft capital back from Detroit. We'll see how that works. I still see us. Uh, Still adding McCoy. Now, I don't know if that's uh, – you know, they had a lot of talk about that after he got hurt last year, Gerald McCoy. So, I still see a possibility of him coming back. So, uh, they're definitely big on the bargain deal. So, we're not looking to see any kind of big-name big players. You know, there's a lot of big-name players out there. You know, I've heard of jo uh, Dory Jackson. And, it, honestly, I don't think we have the money to get him. So. Nah, I saw, like, William Jackson. He was one that I was really intrigued on from the Cincinnati Bengals. Obviously, he signed with the Washington football team. I, I thought I think that he could would have fit really well in our system, but he got a three-year deal. I believe it was $42 million from Washington. That's just money. We, we just can't afford that. Yeah. I mean, if we sign him to that deal this year, then we're going to be cutting some valuable players next year. Yeah. With how much money we've invested in our offensive line and Dak and the running back position and the wide receivers – and Demarcus Lawrence, and there's just only so many dollars to go around. The NFL, I know everyone thinks the salary cap is fake. If you've seen all the moves that the Saints have been doing the last few weeks, it's not fake. There's a number you got to get to, and yeah. you know you've got to cut players and do this and that. And um, you know we just had like I would have loved to have seen Patrick Peterson. I guess Which this is, is this is one last thing I'll. I'll get into before we get into the breakdown i was really hoping we'd get patrick peterson um 
I, I thought like, he was like, going to be a little too expensive for us. But he only got a one-year, ten million dollar deal, I which was, was I was surprised. Yeah. The ten million, I, I'm not, but the one year, you know, I, I, I think he, I think it was kind of a down year last year in Arizona, so he's probably trying to reboost his value. Well, I think that the one-year deal, maybe he was looking for a one-year prove-it deal. And obviously that $10 million counts – that whole team counts against the cap. So uh, – and I wouldn't have wanted them on a multi-year deal just because of the fact that uh, me and you were so high on getting a corner with our first pick. So uh, I think that would kind of kill the vibe on that. So I'm kind of glad he went elsewhere. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's go and get into our breakdown. And the way we're going to do this, we're going to talk one position group at a time because we're talking O-line. We're going to do this next week also with um, the defensive linemen. We're going to talk the ends, and then we're going to talk to tackles. We're going to go outside in, and we're going to do the same thing with the offensive line. We're going to talk all the tackles at one time. Then we're going to talk all the guards, and we're going to talk all the centers. So I'm going to run down the list of the tackles. Obviously, we're going to start with the bigger names that that are going to be our starters, and then we'll just kind of work our way down, and and then we'll just kind of discuss the group the way we've done um, throughout the series. And to start off on the tackle position, you've got Tyrone Smith, you've got Lyle Collins, you've got Ty Nesky, Brandon Knight, Terrence Steele, uh, Mitch Hyatt, Isaac Alicorn, and William Sweet. Seth, I, I think it's clear that out of this group that Tyrone Smith and Lyle Collins are, are still the starters. Yeah, there, there's yeah. nothing that's been done in the offseason to, to make me think that they're not the starters. I, I, we're definitely not carrying all these tackles into the season. So let's start talking the players. I, I like the depth signings that we've made, and I'll let you give your piece, and then I'll, I'll follow in after you because of how it went last offseason. But I think I think that the starters are clear in this group if they're healthy. Yeah. Um, and, and without question, Tyrone Smith and Collins, they've both secured their spot. I don't think there's any danger. Uh, the only one out of the two that concerns me is Tyrone Smith, which he used to be our uh, – you know, he was our big dog. He was – he was – uh, he was the one to be feared on the line. The problem is, here recently, the last few years, he hasn't been on the line that much because he's been hurt. Well, and the problem is, is those injuries they have, the injuries he's had are those nagging injuries it's for tackles that, that once you start seeing them over and over again, they just don't get better. It's the same neck and back. Exactly. Over and over and over again. So, I mean, it's... It's a bit of a concern for me. Um, I hope they do something to uh, solidify a backup for him, uh, whether it be in the draft or uh, – obviously, I don't think it's going to be a free agent signing unless it's a real bargain deal. But um, he's he's my biggest concern between the two. I think Collins, you know, he's still young. I mean, Smith's not that old, but um, – and Collins doesn't have a history of it. It's, it was last Collins year. Collins' injury, they said he could have rehabbed and played through it. But he said he was more worried about the rest of his career than the one year. 
Yeah. So instead of rehabbing, he wanted to go and get surgery and get the part fixed. And he had surgery, like, way early in the year. So he's had he's going to have had pretty much a calendar year to get healthy before the season kicks off. So I'm not as concerned with him because he made the decision to just go ahead and say, you know, a lot of guys, they'll play through the season, get surgery, and then stuff lingers into training camp and then into um, preseason games, and then you have to worry whether they're going to be healthy by the regular season. He went on ahead and nipped it in the bud right at the beginning of pretty much training camp and was like, I'm just going to have surgery and we're just going to have to shut it down this year. Yeah, I mean, that was that was probably the smartest play on him. But um, I look for him to come back and be strong and, you know, be arguably the best right tackle in the league. I mean, two years ago, with how great that offensive line was, there were moments where he was our best. He was our best offensive lineman. Yeah, and like you said, he's still really young. So there's still he can still, I think, take it to another level. You know, I mean, he's in his prime right now for sure, but I still think that he's there. You can still see a little bit more from him. Yeah, and. You know, Brandon Knight and Terrence Steele, you know, they filled in for both of them last year, and uh, it, it wasn't great uh, by any means, really. Uh, but if we would have had one or the other, I think we could have managed. Uh, but the fact that both of them were gone, that just showed how valuable and how bad our depth was. We probably could have had one because then Knight would have been playing. and Yeah. It, I just – Steele just never got better. Like Knight, he settled in and played solid. Was he Tyrone Smith? No, but he definitely played better. But Tyrone Smith was—he's an when he's healthy in his prime, he's an All-Pro tackle. Yeah. So it's unfair to say, "Hey, Tyrone Smith's out. We're going to need you to play to his level." Well, guys that play to his level aren't backups. They're Pro Bowl starters on other teams. You can't replace him, and you can't replace a Collins either with a guy that you're bringing in off off your bench. But at least night, things got better. Things settled down. It looks like the game slowed down for him. And it, it looked better at the end of the season than it did at the beginning. With Steele, man, at one point, one game, we moved Zach Martin out to right tackle because we were so worried about yeah. that position. When you take arguably the best guard in the NFL, and I know there's discussion with Nelson, and there, there are probably other people who want to throw their names in the hat too. For me, maybe some Cowboys bias, but Zach Martin went healthy. I still think he's the best guard in the league. When you take him away from where he's most comfortable to move him to tackle because you think he's better than the options that you have available else, you know, anyone else. That's a problem. Yeah, that's a big problem. And like, I'm with you. Steel is almost like the last down of the season looked like his first down played. And he didn't really improve hardly at all over the year. So Nesky, when he played, he's played left tackle and he's played right tackle for both the Washington Redskins. For but well, they were the Washington Redskins when he was with them. Yeah. And then he signed the two year deal with Buffalo. They thought he was going to be a starter. They ended up drafting some guys that beat him out, but he was still a quality swing tackle for them, especially at the right tackle position. I think there's a reason why we we 
signed him. Yeah. Is I think I think he's going to be our swing tackle for sure. But I think he's also going to be our swing tackle more towards the right tackle position. I, I think if Smith were to go down again, I think we might give Knight the shot with how he looked towards the end of last season. I think um, I think Ty was brought in. So if there are any problems with Collins coming back from the injury or, or whatever, I think Ty plays the right side. I'm, I'm not sure that – I think Steele probably makes the team – um, I think we're gonna carry. He's on the. He'll be on the bubble. Yeah, for sure. If we don't bring anyone in, then I think he makes the team. I think we'll. I well, think. We'll, I think we'll probably carry five tackles. We ran into some problems last year when we were only carrying three, three to four tackles in a game. So we might carry one more tackle. I, I just think. Well, I'm I think. I think that's the order. I think it's Smith, Collins, Ty, Knight, and Steele. I think. Uh, I think we're gonna add somebody in the in the draft. I think we're gonna add a tackle. So I'm not. I'm leaning towards no. He still won't be back next year. But that all depends on draft too. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it. There's so much speculation on what's going on, and the rumors are changing every day. Uh. When Wentz first got traded, there were rumors that the Eagles were taking a quarterback at six. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to give Hurts the year. It's now come out, and the owners now come out and said, Hurts is my guy, and he's he's kind of said, Hurts is my guy for 2021, so I think he's on notice. Um, you know, so that rumor died down quick. There's a rumor that Mac Jones is not getting past 15. There, there's rumors he's not getting past 12. You know how draft, get, draft um, day goes. Ain't you no know, telling. look, there's, this, a re- there's a reason why every year for the draft, <clears throat> there's a reason why it's televised in, in this and that is it's it's this, you know, it's this, it's a soap opera and it's a yeah. drama that's yeah. paid out. Yep. It, it's like the one soap opera and drama that like, Men in America love to watch, you know, the NFL draft because th- there's drama and intrigue and happen. this and that. Exactly. Um, I could see us taking a tackle. I, I don't think that one's going to be there at 10. I definitely don't think Sewell's there at 10. I don't I, think Sewell goes past the Bengals. If they don't take him at five, what are you saying to Joe Burrow? Hey, you got hit a bunch last year, and we're just going to keep letting you get hit a bunch more. So I don't think he gets past five. The question is, is let's say the quarterbacks do go early. We're on the clock at 10. There are players we've talked about. We've talked to corners, and there's also Slater. I think is another player for us, a tackle out of TCU. Do we go there or, or do we go corner or, or do we do neither? I mean, of course, that's the intrigue of the draft. I will express my – we're Being not- very, very upset if we go lineman at 10. That's just my opinion. Well, it's not the mock draft episode. So I we, know, but I just want to throw we it can, out there. We can save that for the mock draft episode. I, I think I think what we're saying here is we're very encouraged by the group, but there's but also marks. some question marks. You know, Smith's health has to worry you. The fact that Collins is coming off an injury worries you. I, I like the depth. I do. 
the the next those next three guys down, um, Ty Knight and Steele. I l- I really like those as depth guys. Hyatt, Alcorn, and Sweet. They're practice squad guys. I mean, well, <clears throat> they all have some experience in the NFL. Well, they're I mean they're all bodies for. I think there's – I mean, nothing's going to happen today. Obviously, yeah. you don't have to cut your rosters down today. Yeah. These guys, they're going to be able to come in. They're going to be – they're going to get a shot. But they're going against five guys, two that are Pro Bowl All-Pro players that, that they're not going to unseat. And the other three have significant starting experience in the NFL – Good, bad, and different. Experience is experience. Yeah. So you've got three those three guys at the bottom. I'm not. And you're looking at two, maybe three roster spots. So exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's... as long as long as Smith and Collins are there, they're locked, loaded. They're the starters. So the question is, out of the next six guys, Todd, Knight, Steele, Hyatt. Um, Alicorn and uh, Sweet. Like you said, two, probably three of them are going to make the team. And it's just, I think it's going to be tough, especially with the same head coach coming back that's offensive and the same offensive coordinator coming back for any of those three. We just signed Ty. So that obviously means that we believe there. there's some belief in him. He's our third highest paid tackle. Yeah. He makes more than anyone else below him, and that's one of the reasons why I think he's the favorite to win the swing tackle job. And then Knight and Steele started all last year. So that starting experience means something. They know the scheme. They know the quarterbacks. I just think, you know, we talked to our wide receiver position, and we said this group is going to be a tough one to crack. I think that this group is going to be a tough one to crack. Unless, like you said, you're a rookie that's brought in, with some significant draft capital, day two, early day three, like you said, I, I don't think we take one in the first round. I, no. I, I will agree with you on that. But I could see a scenario, like you said, where we bring in one day two or early day three because we have a we have several comp picks. I, I know we're mm-hmm. not at the mock draft episode, but we got several comp picks from some moves that we made. And you said we weren't active in free agency last year. We didn't become active – until that period had passed where the compensatory pick window ended. Yep. And, and after you do that, all the moves you make, they don't hurt your compensatory picks. That's really when – that's when we signed Griffin last year. That's when we really started making moves. I think we have four compensatory picks. Yeah. So, so, so we've definitely got some darts to throw at, at some offensive linemen. So, I just – I think and it's going to be I mean, we don't have no choice but to throw them because you can't trade them. They're not tradable picks. So – and that could also lead to trading our other picks, you know, that yeah. in the same rounds. That's a possibility to move up or whatever. But I think more of the story with the offensive tackles are we're hoping. I know we said last year this is a group we're not going to have to talk about. I think we're hoping more of the same. We're, we're really hoping that those, if, if those two guys stay healthy – it it does so much for the offense. They're they're both all pro Pro Bowl players. I, I just don't think there's a lot more to say. If if they're hurt again, then the offense is gonna be hurting again. Yeah. 
Uh, and Dak not being there, that was that hurt the offense the most. But that was that was key. But anyway, we'll move on to uh, the next position is guard. And I'm gonna run names off. We got four on the roster right now. Zach Martin being our best offensive lineman we have. Um, Connor Williams, Connor McGovern, Connor McGovern, and Eric Smith. Uh, from these four names, you know Zach Martin and Connor Williams, they're locked. You know they're locked in as the starters right now. Uh, Connor McGovern it would is obviously going to be our swing guard. You know he's going to back up for both of them, and then. If we're starting Eric Smith, then we got problems like we did last year. So, I think that you you talk about drafting depth on the offensive line. I, I think that this is where the depth could come. Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna re, I'm gonna buck back at your Connor Williams. I, I think Connor McGovern. I think he's gonna get a chance to push him this year. I understand Connor Williams was solid last year but he still shows those same weaknesses Uh, against stronger defensive linemen he has the ability to get pushed in the backfield and when all your other offensive linemen are are strong enough to push forward and have the Connor Williams can get to the the second level with the best of them as far as a pulling guard he's he's strong so I'm not going to sit here. I know I've been critical on him pretty much throughout the the length of when we've been doing this. I want to say he's really strong when we pull him and get him to the second level. But when he's got to anchor down, which you're going to be doing a lot more, because Zach Martin, Zach Martin is like the best pulling guard, him and Nelson. So... If you're going to pull one, you know, you're probably going to pull Martin because, yeah. one, you're pulling him to the left where Tyrone Smith is, where, where you know, our, our big, strong left tackle's at. You, you know, if you can get him to hold it, hold up the end and get Martin into the second level, man, that's where the big plays happen. So I think Martin's going to be the guard you pull the most. So I just – I see a scenario – in which Connor McGovern is given the chance to come in and push Williams, because uh, while he looked better last year than he has in the past, did he look better because the rest of the line was just not that good and he wasn't surrounded by all pros, or did he look better because he's actually starting to take that next step? Well, I think McGovern's on on the roster to push Connor Williams. Yeah, because he, he's not pushing Zach Martin. I don't think that he's good enough to take Connor Williams' spot. That's just my opinion. Uh, even when Zach Martin was out, they didn't put in Connor McGovern. They moved Looney over there to right guard. So that that and Looney is probably a better overall lineman than McGovern is. But um, I kind of use that. Why didn't they put him in? Instead of Looney, but I don't know. I, 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 there, I can see your argument. There's some draft argument. capital in Connor McGovern as there well. Is. He was a yeah. day two pick, so I, I think he's going to get. 
I, I, that's why I think he's going to get the chance. Now, obviously, Connor Williams was a day two pick as well. I, I just I think there. I, I, I think at least I'll say this. I, I think that our offensive line is fairly solidified to not give away the next position, the center position. But obviously, when you and I talked the tackle position, we talked Tyron Smith and Collins for about a minute and a half of all the you know all the discussion we had. Yeah. It was about the, the depth guys. Zach Martin's locked and loaded. So I think if there's one position that may warrant some competition, it's, it's left guard. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I can agree with that. Like you said, Nelson is going to have to come from Indianapolis and compete with Martin because that's the only one that's going to have a chance of throwing at him. I say so, we just bring Nelson in from Indianapolis and we put him at left guard. I mean, that's not going to happen. But, I mean, we all live in our fantasy world. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I can I can see your argument where, you know, you know he would, he's – I think he's definitely there to push Connor Williams, but I, I, my opinion, I think Connor Williams wins that job pretty easily, in my opinion. And then, of course, Eric Smith, uh, he's a depth guy. Uh, he's just going to kind of bounce around and, you know, get reps, get experience in practice, and 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 you know, this, this like I said, and I think that you agree. This is a position that we may infuse some draft capital, and we have ten picks. At some point, you know, if we're going to use those ten picks, are either going to be used, you know, they're going to get spread around. If we take a quarterback, it's going to be late. If we take a wide receiver, we think it's going to be late. We've both are very uh, have been very adamant about not spending one of the tight end positions. Yeah. We've got to use these 10 picks somewhere. We've, we've either got to put a few together and trade up or trade back and gain even more picks. So I think that this is a position that, that with a couple, at, at least one, maybe two of those 10 picks. Now, I don't know where because obviously the Cowboys aren't calling me in to help them set their draft board. But I, I think that this is a position that two of those 10 picks, you know, one or two could be used. Well, I think they could – to be honest with you, before the draft is over with, I think they add cap some kind of capital to each position on the line, center included. I think uh, with 10 picks, like you said, you got to use them somewhere. And I think we have we have a strong offensive line but weak depth. So to add a tackle, a guard, and a center is not impossible to me. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. I, I like our tackle depth. I, I'm okay with it. I, I can, I can understand. My thing is, is if we're going to add a tackle, and I know that you don't agree with me here, if we're adding a tackle, I want to add a tackle. Like I want to go. You want to? I want to go. Money. I want to I mean, go. Wanna, I yeah. want to go early. Yeah. Like day one, day two. I would Th- prefer one of day those. Two. One of those top fifty picks. You know, we have two in the top 50. I'd want one of those to be where we spend a tackle. So, for me, if we're going to spend one on tackle, I want to go big or go home. If we want to – I think our second pick is, what, 44? If we want to take that pick and go offensive tackle, I'm all on it. I do not want offensive tackle with that first pick. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to need Christian Derrishaw to fall. I don't think it's going to happen. He's going to have to fall a lot. It, so. Well, 
we can trade. The thing is, like that end of the first round, I think we could take 44 and maybe like a 2-22 and, and and package it up and get him. I, I just like the player. If, if you heard us when we did our dream prospects, my review of him was glowing. Yeah, I, there's no. It's not going to happen. I, I don't think he falls outside the top twenty. But if other teams want to let him fall, I'd love to jump into like that mid twenties with forty four, our second and twenty two, and I don't have the the numbers to make it even. But that that would be a dream scenario for me. Would be going to get him should he start falling. Well, we talked about my dream scenario before the draft. I mean, before the episode started. But we'll get into that in the mock episode, I guess. Uh, but let's jump on to the centers. Uh, unfortunately, my dude is not going to be here this year. Looney, he's not on the roster right now. I don't know where he'll sign. I don't think he's signed anywhere, um, and I'm hoping that maybe we can bring him back. But right now on our roster, we got Tyler Biotish, uh Adam Redman, and Marcus Henry, which uh, Biotis, I mean, he had a great year last year. He was – he is the reason why Looney has not been re-signed with us, period. Uh, he played really well when Looney went down, and uh, he – He I, was calling out the protections. Yeah. I mean, he was doing everything very quickly and was doing a hell of a job at it. So I, I mean, he is an anchor, and he doesn't have the athleticism of a Joe Looney – but man, he's he, not budging. Yeah, he is an anchor. You're not pushing him back. We we talk about those strong defensive tackles. Don't do it. I, I'm. Don't do it. I'm not gonna say like Aaron Donald, yeah, but but I, I, I'm talking about just someone that that has that kind of strength. Yeah, that's not Aaron Donald, yeah. obviously. Um, those defensive tackles that just that. Well. To, to debunk what I said, Aaron Donald wins a multitude of ways. He wins yes. his speed and his hands and his his strength and this and that. But those those defensive tackles that win by just trying to push you into the backfield, you're not going to do that with Biotis. He no. he's just he's too strong. He's too big an anchor, and the the fact that he's not as athletic as Joe Looney, I don't think that that's a weakness with this line because Connor is so good at pulling because Zach Martin is so good at pulling and even Tyron Smith. We've run those plays where he's pulled to the opposite side. Same thing with Collins because Collins also played guard with us until he solidified the right tackle position. He started as a guard. The fact that everyone else can do it almost means he doesn't have to. So I, I don't think that the fact that that's not a strength of his, I don't think that that makes it a weakness because that's a weakness we can cover up because it's a strength of everyone else on the line. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Um, I, you know, you know, I don't want to knock these other two guys on the list, but 
Well, Adam, Adam Redman's been with the team. He has. He's for been with the team years. for several years, and he's he's always solidified his position every year. Um, and as what as, I was going to say was is, I'd rather have Looney. I'd rather them bring Looney back. The problem. The problem is, is if we bring Looney back, there's going to be this expected competition. Probably, yeah. I mean, I can agree with that. I can agree with that. Um, I don't know. I don't know that I feel as comfortable with Redmond playing the two, you know, playing backup. But, uh, and I think it's I think it's without question that Redmond is going to be our backup. And and this is another reason why I think we might go center in the draft. Yeah, but Connor McGovern also played center in college. So that's true too. He's he's got the ability to play center. I I think his versatility across the line from left guard to right guard is another strength in his game. Is the fact that he can play all three positions. I'm going to differ here. I, we got Biotis in the fourth round in a, in a trade with the Eagles. I, I, I'm okay. If we want to throw something late, like that's what I'm, I'm not talking about anything early by any means. I'm talking about fifth or later. I would say fifth or later, just to add another depth guy. You know that would make me feel a little more comfortable. But and, and you said, like you said, McGovern it has the experience at center, but we don't want to spread ourselves too thin as well. You know, we want to solidify that second center because. Connor Williams go down or Martin goes down and he's moved in as a starter, okay, Beatis goes down for a game, then who are we playing? You know what I'm saying? And I don't I don't feel comfortable enough for Redmond to be our number two. Okay, I'll you've convinced me. I'm okay with with adding uh, like you said, uh, a later pick, fifth, sixth, seventh round. If, if we wanted, I think we've got a couple fourth round picks. One being ours, and then another being a compensatory pick. We got Biotish in the fourth round, and and centers can fall in the draft. Biotish was a fourth round pick for us last year. He was the Remington Award winner, which is the best center in college football. Yes. So that's a position that can fall. So I think we can add a strong center on day three even so I've got no problem with that I just the problem with bringing Looney back is if you bring him back you're going to have to give him money we've got some money I just I that's not where I want to spend it so I think if you bring Looney back you've got to give him decent money and then there's going to be an expected competition whereas we can bring in a strong center or, or a solid center probably with some day three capital and still know that Biotis is just the starter. We're just filling in a role. Well, I, yeah, I can agree with that. But I was looking at bringing Looney back if another week or so goes by and he doesn't have a team. Yeah, then I, his I value mean, drops way down. You're not going to have to pay him that much. Values are always really, you know, they values in free agency, it's tough to tell what someone's value is. We talked about it at the beginning of the show. William Jackson gets a three-year, $42 million deal. Patrick Peterson gets a one-year, $10 million deal. 
two years ago, if you had a said, when Patrick Peterson hits free agency, he's going to make less money than William Jackson on both a per-year basis and a total contract basis. If I said that to you, how would you respond? Like that? Yeah, rolling <laughs> your eyes. So maybe we can – maybe time just keeps passing and guys just don't look at Joe Looney. If, if we can get him back super cheap – as a depth piece, but well, that's just I, what I want. I want it to be – I, I want Beatus to have the job. I, I think he came in and was a really strong player for us, and I well, think that he can grow, and, and he's – I think he has room for growth, whereas I think we've seen the best Joe Looney we're ever going to see. Well, my thing is this, the same reason why you said McGovern is going to push Connor Williams – Beatus doesn't have anybody behind him that's going to push him right now. If you bring Looney back, then that gives the competition that he's going to need to make himself better. You know, some players and it's and I'm not saying this is in Beatus's case. Some players know that they're the starter, and there's no nobody, you know, sitting right behind them saying, "Hey, I'm getting ready to take your spot." And then they just kind of settle, you know what I mean? So yeah, but Wisconsin churns out fantastic they do. offensive they line. They do, but I still Left want that right. comp. So I think that work work ethic's never going to be a problem with him. Well, I still want the competition there. So, like I said, in another week or so, if if Looney is still available, I would like to see him come back on a cheaper deal and and give that competition. The veteran like the veteran presence that he can provide for Biotis, I think that's really the only thing that he brings. I, I think that Biotis is I think he still has a ceiling that we haven't seen yet. We've seen Joe Looney's ceiling and his his ceiling is an average to slightly above average NFL offensive lineman. We don't know what Biotis could be. We know what we've seen in college, and we've seen what he's done for, like, yeah, he, he blocked for Jonathan Taylor, and yes. Jonathan Taylor had multiple 2,000-yard seasons. Yes. And he was the center of that. He, once again, in college, he was probably calling those protections and stuff like that. So you've seen a little bit of his ceiling in college. I, I want to see if we can see that ceiling in the NFL. Well, that's my thing, and I'm not – Arguing anything you just said, I'm just saying that I want to see the competition. I think Looney coming back will be competition. And if worse come to worse, he's a he's a mentor. And maybe I'm fighting for the guy because I've always liked the guy. Ever since he came to the Dallas Cowboys, you know, uh, he was never a starter before last year. He did start that one year that Travis Frederick was out, and he played really well. Uh, and – the personality and everything. Every, I just like everything about the guy. So, uh, And why would you take the same amount of money to go somewhere else when you're already – Yeah, if, know, if we can get him back at, at a – And that's why I say a, a, very, week, a week or so down the road. Yeah, if, if we can get him back on a contract that, that suits our cap, I, I'm fine with that. I think that – which leaves a draft pick somewhere else. He's been there, done that in the NFL. So he's got that experience to where if, if he's willing to come in and mentor Biotish, and, and even if that mentor is, is kind of him pushing him a little and trying to get him to the next level, that I'm okay with. I just 
I want to see Biotis as our starter week one. I just I want to see that ceiling with him because I think it's there, and I think his ceiling yeah. can be really good. Yeah, I'm, I I, I want to see it as well. I don't want – I'm not saying I want Looney to be the starter. I'm just saying I want, I want the competition there. All right, Seth. Well, Marcus Henry. Once again, like you said – I'm okay with Redmond because he's been on the team for the past few years. And he's been a player that's had to fight for his spot. And every year he's had to fight for a spot, but yet every year he's kept that spot. So so that means something to me. I wouldn't mind seeing him as a depth piece. Marcus Henry, we'll see. Like you said, the draft is April 30th. There's still some time. All these guys that we've talked and all the guys we've not talked as much, they're going to be given a shot. Yeah. If they can come in and and push the players ahead of them, I'm all for it. I want to get this offensive line back to where it's a strength for the team again. So if any of these players that we have not discussed – we haven't discussed them because there's not a lot to discuss. Because the players above them, those have been the guys that have given the opportunity, been given the opportunity. Those are the guys that have performed good, bad, and different when the lights are on. So if any of these players, Eric Smith, Marcus Henry, William Sweet, Isaac Alicorn, Mitch um, Hyatt, if, if any of them can elevate their game and, and show something to the team, I'm all for it, and I tell you, I will be your biggest fan. Well, it's not so much, you know, pushing for a starting job. You know, it's it's pushing the guys like Brandon Knight and Steele and uh, McGovern, McGovern. You know, players like that. It's it's you want your backups to be the best available too. So it's because you got to have competition at all levels. Absolutely, because obviously we've shown last year that just because you think something's solidified and, and something's a strength, in the NFL it changes quick. Yeah, really quick. Um, Seth, one thing I wanted to, to do, uh, obviously when we talked running backs, we said we didn't want to do any significant draft capital. Maybe a guy that you can get late, kick returner, infuse some juice in the special teams. Quarterback obviously said we don't want anything significant with them. We don't want anything significant at tight end or at wide receiver. This is a group in which we've discussed some infusion of capital, you know, some infusion of talent, some young talent. Name the the round that you'd like to see, and I know we said it at tackle. Let's do it again. You're the GM. You're working on our board. Just run down each position, and we're not going to name names. We can do that in the mock draft episode. But in a perfect world, where are you willing to see and spend capital at each one of these position groups? And and I know we've talked it, but let's let's go ahead and talk it in in one nice um, you know talking point. Uh, you mean as far as like draft capital at at each position? Like if you were looking at tackle. Oh, okay. You okay. believe this uh, much in the group, and, and but yet you're willing to spend. Like, if you love our tackle position, you would just say, "Okay, I'm not willing would, to spend anything right. other than early day three or late day three. Okay, I would go tackle, 
I would probably day two earliest. I mean, Ear- second so second early, round. Our early second pick. Just because the Tyron Smith injury issues. Uh, so anywhere from second back, I'm cool with. Uh, as far as guard goes, you know, I said it a few minutes ago, fifth, sixth. You know, somewhere in that area. And center, I would probably go fifth, sixth, seventh, somewhere in that area. And that's about where our comp picks start picking up. So, I feel like the comp picks, you know, we can use those to our benefit To The only pick that we're missing this year is, what, a sixth, a fifth? Sixth. Okay, so part of the um, I think it was part of the Robert Quinn trade. Yeah, that's right. Yep, it was the sixth round. Okay, so uh, yeah, I think that's where those comp picks will benefit us. So tackle as high as the second round pick, and then that at forty four, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and guard and center, you know, fifth or back. Okay, I mean, and and obviously, I've said something different than you um round one there is there's a scenario in in which i I would even take one at 10 and that's if Sewell's there not gonna happen or if sertan and fairly are gone then i'm 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 gunning for for slater at 10 i know that you're i know that you don't love it I, i see but um so I'm willing to go as high as first round. And, and the reason I'm willing to go as high as 10 is because Tyrone Smith has been so good at the left tackle position for so long, as fantastic as J.J. Watt has been. And he's walking into the Hall of Fame when, when he retires. We are one of the teams that drafted before him. And, and they always do – ESPN will say, oh, look at the players taken before this guy and look at all the misses – we're one of the teams that didn't miss. I understand Smith has been injured, but but Watt's been injured. Yeah. When healthy, Smith is still a top three or four tackle in the NFL. So I, I'm still confident with him. But that if man, it's it that that font size on that if just seems to get bigger every year. It was a four, then it was a six, then it was an eight. Now it's you know, yeah. um. So that's one of the reasons why I'm willing to go as high as 10 is because he's been so good for so long. And when we replace him and when the time comes that he has to – it either the injuries are either too much or maybe he decides to retire. Maybe the injuries just become too much for him. And he just says, you know, I really don't want this to be a problem when I'm out the league. I just – I want to be ready. So that's one of the reasons why I'm willing to go 10. So 10 down, if the value's there, even if it means us trading 44, I looked up our picks. I know we've gone over them once before, but I wanted to look them up again. We've got 10, 44, 75, 99, 115, 139, 179, 191, 227, and 236. If we, If a player that we like in the first round – starts to drop, I'm willing to move 44-plus to go get them. So I, I'm I'm more enthused about infusing some significant draft capital at the tackle position um, 
because of the uncertainty with Smith. Now, if Sertan or Fairley are there at 10, those are my top two options. Well, my thing is, uh, my opinion, we should not leave the first round without defense. That just and what if that's taking Sertan or Fairley at ten or trade back and grabbing a defensive player and then adding a second and maybe a second next year or something like that. You know that would be great to me. That would be perfect. You know I've talked about Trayvon Morig several weeks now. Y'all, you know how I feel about him. So if we could trade back and get him and add another second and the second next year, then we can do a corner with our early second and then add an offensive tackle or offensive – well, offensive tackle with our second second. I, I think that, you know, this just shows that, that we've got some options. You know, there are a lot of teams they think they're just locked into one player. I think that we're – and I think what's going to be there at 10 sets up for, like, us going BPA and getting something that we want. Or if we're blown, if we're blown away by deal, like you said, maybe we move back. I'm just saying, for me, I'm willing to go very significant on the off at, at the offensive tackle position because of Smith. Um, offensive guard, I know you and me differ on Williams. I, I'm willing to probably go as high as 75, and that's only if someone falls. I, I like Connor Williams. I'm hoping that with the offensive line back with Biotish, you know, hopefully solidifying center, Smith is back healthy, Martin at guard, and, and then Collins at right tackle. I'm okay with Williams as our left guard as long as he's our fifth best offensive lineman. So I'm not, you know, I, I'm willing to take a, a bigger chance. You know, I'm willing to throw a bigger dart than you. But but I don't want to go as significant as I might at left tackle. At 75, 99, one of those third-round picks, I'm okay using those. The center position, I, I'm 100% in agreement with you, Seth. Day three, we've got two-sixths, one-seventh, a fifth, two-fourths. I, I, I'll, I'll keep those fourths and use them somewhere else. Like you said, fifth fifth or later. Uh, I'm just – Beata showed it in college – he showed it when given the chance in the NFL. I think that he's got a lot of room for growth. So I, I want to see what he can grow into. So any center position is just a pure depth guy for me. Well, I guess we agree in some parts and disagree. Well, I mean, we disagreed for the most part, well, except I, for the the center. You aspect. know, and, and that's okay. And and the the great thing is is we're about. 40 we're you know just over 40 days away and and that's going to tell a lot of things yeah and and i think that you know once once again i'm just going to keep saying it man the more we do this series the more excited i'm getting for the draft because these we're starting to get into those positions where we're talking about infusing um the team with with draft capital infusing it with new young talent and and as we talk these positions, it man, it's just getting me more excited for the yeah, draft. Yeah, I mean the first the first two weeks was easy because you know you knew Dak was the starter, you knew Elliott was going to be the guy, you knew Pollard was going to be the backup, and then you had the three wide receivers, and then you know last week the second half of the show was the tight ends where there was a little murky there because you had Schultz and uh, Jarwin, and like you said now. 
the further we go, the more interesting things get because everything's so murky. And it's going to get even more interesting. We, we've already said we're going to end with secondary. Yeah. You know. Unless something big happens. Every time that might switch it as far as a big signing or something yeah, like that. Yeah, for sure. But but every time we talk, you know, draft picks, secondary is always a, a big one. So I, that I, I'll agree with you one hundred percent. As we get further into this list, it looks like we took the easy road to begin, but literally we just we've just worked our way from offense to defense. Um, and and it seems as we go from offense to defense, the intrigue and the excitement for the draft is is really showing in the show. Yeah, and the truth be told, I mean, it's um, – we also felt like if we did the positions that we're looking to add depth to, if we added them later on the list, we were feeling like there would be free agents signed yeah. to those particular yeah, positions. Yeah, we, we wanted to make sure that the groups that were, like you said, a little less murky, that, that we talked to them last because we knew some some movement was going to happen. Yeah. Um, but, you know, to wrap up the show once again, you know, I really want to thank you guys. Th- this is obviously another long one. Um, we thank you guys for, for sticking these out with us and, and uh if anything, we're really showing just how passionate we are about the Cowboys and how passionate we are to continue to grow this podcast and, and, and improve how we build this show and how we talk about this show and how we talk about players. And um, once again, just thank you guys for, for all your support that you show each and every week. We're I'm just going to continue to keep pumping the, the Facebook group. You know, it's... It's really growing, and, and I think it's really how we're building our brand for um, this show. And, and it's it's been a huge asset to us, the the Facebook page. Um, so thank you guys for for joining the page, and 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 we want to continue to see some discussion in there. And once again, you know, any comments or questions or anything you want us to talk about, you know, drop those in the Facebook group or. It is up on our other social media accounts, and, and, and we want to bring you the content that you want to hear. I mean, we, we want to get through this position group for sure, this breakdown, and we want to get the mock draft episode, and we want to get the the draft review in. But but really, after that, there there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of... We're looking at OTAs and all that stuff yeah, coming so, in, and so, I think we're going to have all that this year. Yeah, for sure. So we'll have that to break down, but, but there's really going to be some open room there to, to really talk about some stuff. So yeah. if someone has a, you know, some topics they want to discuss or something that we can break down, um, we're, we're more than willing to do that. You know, just, just let us know what you want to hear. That's the best way for us to, to build this is to bring you guys what you want to hear. Yeah. I mean, I agree with everything you just said. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not as active on my Twitter account. Um, uh, that was, uh, part of the back row network you know the you know they were really big on twitter so you know i joined twitter i i'm new to twitter i don't know twitter that well but you know you know i'm very active on the facebook page so uh yeah i mean i'll see those a lot more than i will see on my my actual account on that but the back i mean adam he looks at the uh the back row show on twitter constantly so 
uh, one way or another, we're we're gonna cover yeah. whatever questions and stuff that y'all have. Just yeah, but, feel but free. Both hosts are 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 handled on the social media aspect. Uh, I, I saw an extra five star review today on um, iTunes. I I just I knew we were uploading today, so I just looked and. And I noticed we got an extra five star review. Man, those are big. Uh, those reviews huge. are huge. It's it's there's an algorithm that they have where the the people that are getting the reviews, they kind of when when someone searches football podcast, that's what they they that's what they're looking for. The the people that have the reviews, they they tend to push them towards the front of the line. So anyone out there that's been willing to rate, review, subscribe. Um, we appreciate that because that that's how we build this thing. Yep. Um, so to sign off, uh, my social media account as always is um, a underscore bo six fifteen and Seth at Seth Rob eighty five. Uh, the Twitter page is at Back Road Cowboys. Like Seth said, we we've already talked about the Facebook page and um, thank you guys. Thank you for the support as always and have a good night and go Cowboys. We'll see you next week. Next week will probably be defensive linemen and linebackers unless something changes. So have a good night.